What if you had a bear encounter that was like a little too close for comfort? Does that make this feel good Friday? Question mark? Because only haha Clinton Dix can answer that for us. And he joins us now, the Cowboy of Safety. Like you had this encounter at your home. You're just scooting along and then bam, mama bear, baby bear. What did you think when you saw that? Well, you can't see in the frame, but there's another car right, right in front of the truck. I jumped on the hood of that car until I could uh, figure out how to get to safety somewhere else. I, I, I don't know how to, to, to tell this to you. You jumped on the a hood of a car. You do know that bears can, like, climb trees, right? Yeah, I understand that. But also, um, if they would have chased me, I would have been eating pepperoni and uh, <laughs> a little bit of bear. Uh, but I, I feel good, and I'm glad to be alive. <laughs> the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! How about them Cowboys indeed? It is that time of the week again to talk Dallas Cowboys with your great friends over here at The Athletic. Hope you're staying safe out there and are getting your sides of shredded cheese in a timely manner. 17 minutes or less, people. Come on. But I'm Kent Garrison, your producer here at The Athletic HQ, welcoming you in to yet another Exciting, unpredictable edition of About Them Cowboys. Lots to talk about with this one. We've got uh, some games being called off, a big article from Father John Mashoda to break down, and hopefully we'll find out who let Zeke's dogs out. And remember, you can follow along all of our coverage for every for every team in sports over at The Athletic. Premier League's popping off right now. Hopefully we've got NBA, NHL, and uh, MLB right around the corner here. And that subscription gets you through June of 2021. 40% off at theathletic.com slash aboutthemcowboys. You get 40% off your membership to The Athletic. And that rounds out to about three bucks a month. So maybe, you know, one less side of shredded cheese per month. Maybe make that thing work. But I'm excited to welcome in our panel for this episode. First, He's warming up his stomach because he's trying out for the 4th of July hot dog eating contest. Oh, I'm excited about this. Look for that piece soon on The Athletic. He's very respectful to his local Trader Joe's employees. It's Saad Yusuf. Hey, Saad. Man, I could I could actually do that. Uh, that, you know, if we had a local hot dog eating contest under different circumstances, I would cer- that is something I would certainly try out for and, and do good on. Um but I do have a question for you, Kent. Um, do, where where does shredded cheese fall for you in your fajitas? In your fajitas eating thing, like can you just not have your fajitas if you don't have shredded cheese? Or it, you know, if, if 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 a restaurant just happens to be out of cheese that day, can you still move forward with your fajitas? <laughs> wow, uh, quite a question there, Saad. Uh, well, first of all. I'm going just straight, whatever they bring out. I have no qualifications, you know, preconceived notions for my fajitas. Uh, you know, as long as they have meat and tortilla, I'm pretty good. Depending on what sides they bring out, you know, maybe, maybe they bring some sour cream, maybe a little shredded lettuce, maybe maybe some guac. I like to add rice and beans on my fajitas. I, li- I like mm-hmm. that if they, they get a side of that. But, you know, I'm only putting shredded cheese on there if they already bring out a little shredded cheese. And maybe I'll throw it on there. There's no way in hell I'm ordering shredded cheese or I'm waiting for shredded cheese. And, uh, you know, if I'm at like a normal sane person, I'm, I'm putting queso on that mother. You know, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not dinking around with shredded cheese when we've got queso four feet away. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of where I I fall. I 
I knew I knew there was a reason we're friends. Yeah, exa- exactly. Well, if you don't know what we're referring to, great viral tweet here in the DFW area over the weekend of a a, a woman who could not eat her fajitas without shredded cheese and um, blamed it on COVID. So, you know, that's, that's kind of where we are. Uh, I'm excited to maybe go down that, that uh, path a little bit later. But uh, this next person needs no introduction, but I'm going to introduce him anyway. He's the best thing to come out of Detroit, maybe since Kid Rock. No, wait, he's definitely the best thing to come out of Detroit. He's the king of Cowboys Island. It's Father John Machoda, a.k.a. The Machete. Howdy, John. <laughs> hey, man. That's uh, that's an interesting introduction. Wasn't expecting to hear about Kid Rock today, but uh, I appreciate it. That's uh, it's quite the high bar there. John, if you were to say maybe the best export of Detroit, you know, besides the great automobiles... And Stanley Cups. What would you say? You know, maybe musician, actor. Who's the most? Who's the person you're most proud of being a native Detroitian? Little mm. Caesars person. That that's yeah. That's interesting. Uh, I was going to say after the auto industry. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. The pizza pizza after the auto uh, guy. Yeah, the literal yeah. After the auto industry, I was going to say Motown music, but there you go. I don't know. There's just one single act out of there man thought, that's, that's um, tough oh yeah motown the label is detroit but uh prince yeah, right? yeah. no he's been prince no, minnesota no, michael jackson's from indiana yeah, um Gary, indiana. i'll go maybe jack white isn't he from detroit oh hell yeah jack white is for sure yeah stevie okay, wonder I'm not to, like i'm not trying to really upset anyone here but like, you guys really put jack white ahead of eminem oh um, i do personally certainly but... for the past 15 years <laughs> heck yeah uh, maybe not I mean, right for at, the right last at the 15 outset. years, for the last 15 years. Sure. But he has, hasn't sold um, as many records, but I would, I mean, KT, you can speak. Who's to more this. famous? Eminem, without Eminem. a doubt. Eminem's the most famous rapper maybe ever, but, uh, Jack White, I feel like is, it, you know, it's comparing two totally different, <laughs> I don't know, elements of society really like, you know. Well, when it comes to music, Aretha Franklin and uh, Stevie Wonder also coming out of Detroit. So there you go, Stevie Wonder might be might be the one, and Aretha. Yeah, those. Are the, I mean, those are all those are all in there. I mean, it's it's that's a pretty high bar. Uh, I mean, if you're just talking about Michigan in general, I think some older people might say Madonna. Um, ah, uh, I don't know. Not it's familiar. Uh, that's that's tough. <laughs> that's tough. Kristen that's Bell a tough question there. No. I don't think that's getting. I think Lucille that's closer Ball? to the Jack White. Who'd you say? Lucille Ball. That's a big one. Hmm. Maybe we'll okay. talk to Troy Natives at an, another point. You've heard. No, his, let's keep this going. You've heard his voice. He's back in the hosting chair. He makes the most compelling argument I've ever heard for Dave Matthews being bearable. Kevin KT Turner. Thank hey, you, KT. Tim Meadows, uh, David Spade. I'm also seeing uh, Ed McMahon. <laughs> so. uh Tim Meadows and Dave, David Spade, y'all got a really good batting average for like mid-tier SNL talents in Detroit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. So, I, do you guys do you guys think it's weird that uh, about a month, well, within the last month, uh, Zeke went on Twitch and had a video that was like introducing my dogs? Did y'all see that? <laughs> this is like earlier in oh. the month. Like, here's a big video for Twitch. Here's my Rottweiler and my two bulldogs. And then, uh, and now we have a, a a Zeke lawsuit. Now, as of this morning, the latest is that Zeke's attorney 
is uh, saying that the house cleaner, uh, or the, or the maybe it was a pool cleaner, uh, was unauthorized to be on the pr- premises the day of the incident. So they're no longer denying that the attack f- happened by the dogs. It's almost like they're accepting that. Um, here's his the the response that Frank Salzano, Zeke's attorney, said. So the plaintiff was unauthorized to be on the premises the day of the incident and either willfully disregarded and or negligently ignored her employer's policy, which required Elliot to be notified in advance of any visits. And that's, you know, on the heels of her posting pictures of a pretty significant gash on her arm. Uh, Some fairly graphic photos that TMZ acquired. Um, It's pretty gross, to be be honest. What does it say about me that I couldn't even I couldn't even bear to click on them? I don't know why. Like normally, maybe a couple years ago, I would have been all about it. But these last few years, I've just gotten to be such a wimp about that stuff. I'm like, I'm not clicking on these. Like they're a little bit as like a little bit of as blurred out, but enough to know this is probably pretty gross. Looks like you might be able to see some bone. I'm like, not doing this. I'm just not. I, I knew we were going to talk about it on the show, but I'm like, they can describe it. I'm not looking at these pictures. You could totally see bone. Um, oh, did, have you seen these? Side, have you seen him? Yes. Oh, looking yes, at him right have. now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, wow. pretty brutal. Man. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm also envious of John for not looking at them. Uh, I wish not I going to do it. <sighs> Gosh, well, uh, KT, what? Correct me if I'm wrong. About a year ago, didn't Dak go through this exact same thing where? His dogs got out and and like attacked somebody and then they got sued. Like I feel like when when this all came up with Zeke, I was like, wait, are they talking about like did did, did the, whoever wrote the story mix him up with Dak? You know, and I was like, no, I just I just uh, you know Googled Dak dog attack, April fifth two thousand nineteen from TMZ Dak Prescott dog attack article. Yeah. What is going on with the Cowboys <laughs> backfield and? Dog attacks. Like oh, well, this God, is very. Looked at the... Why did I just look at the picture? Oh, oh it's horrible. <laughs> so, oh. so the Dak thing's different because Dak's dog got out and was not on his property. Like this attack allegedly happened on Zeke's property, like in his backyard, uh, like in his backyard. But oh, okay. I, I think it's interesting that they have now transitioned to. Well, she didn't have the right to be on his property at the time. Like he, she, he, she did not notify Zeke. So, you know, one thing I'm always careful about with these things is some of these cases, you know, you just want to wait until as much information comes out as possible because, you know, I do think being an athlete does subject you to sometimes some, um, wrong, you know, some wrongful lawsuits, I guess, you know, that can look like money grabs. But Zeke's attorney is saying she did not have the, uh, authority to be in his, I guess, on his residence. You know, Dak's, the thing about Dak last year is Dak's dog bit a lady's finger off. Um, like, that was pretty significant deal, and I believe they probably settled, which, you know, uh, Dak ended up moving out of that area and, and into the Prosper area, I believe. Um, but I just think it's interesting that earlier in the month, Zeke was doing a Twitch video, like, here's my dogs, uh, get to know them. And then you have this, you know, you just you just can't keep Zeke out of the news, you know? I mean, the Cowboys are the perfect team for him, a team that never gets away from the headlines. So there it is. I don't know what else to think about it. I, I thought Zeke, Zeke did a, a Call of Duty live stream 
uh, he was on with someone else. I don't even know who he was on with. And he had some interesting comments about the NFL resuming play and just talking about how, hey, safety comes first and kind of echoing some of the things that Malcolm Jenkins has been, you know, upfront and loud about on, on CNN about how, you know, a lot of, are there a fair share of players who are quite a bit concerned about getting the league kicked off. And I thought Zeke commenting on that a little bit was, was interesting as well. So there's your, uh, there's your weekly Zeke headline. Um, and John, are you uh projectile vomiting or are you back or are you good after seeing the picture? No, I threw up in my mouth a little bit, but I'm good now. <laughs> um, I regret it now, but what was, uh, I almost described what it looked like. I'm not going to do that for anybody. Uh, it's, it's that's disgusting. Um, worse than I thought. And I already had set the bar pretty high. Uh, yeah, oh, I'm seeing the, it, the deck one. Like, did it bite somebody's yeah. finger off? Well, it bit yes. her finger off, yeah. Oh, Where my, have you oh been? my God. <laughs> Remember life before we saw these pictures, guys? That was awesome. <laughs> this is so, terrible. Hey, when I was in, like, when I was in, like, middle school, might have been at the end of, like, eighth grade going into ninth grade around there, it, <laughs> there was this website. <laughs> I, I shouldn't even be putting it out there because it's so bad. But me and my friends. Facesofdeath.com. <laughs> It was like that, but I want to say it was called like rotten.com. Oh, and it was basically yes, just things yes, like that, like yes. autopsy photos, yep. things that are just like where you'd almost like, all right, you will not click on this right now. And then you're like, all right, all right, I won't. I'm not going to do Okay, fine. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And it just like, you know, just nasty gunshot wounds, things like that. I just, Chris at that Farley. point, I knew, right. Well, I, yeah. And at that point, I knew that I just, whether it's the medical field, law enforcement, you know, firefighter i i just knew that that probably wasn't going to be for me and what looking at these pictures that's another like how would how would i do being the first responder showing up at this at zeke's house and this lady comes out and she's like hysterical and i look i look at the wound and i just start throwing up i mean like what i don't think i'd be very much of a help there but uh um yeah it is it is interesting that you know you have these two star players for the dallas cowboys that have both have had these dog incidents uh incidences i believe plural um, yeah, I would be terrified to go in anybody's backyard and not, you know, check first. So it seems like there's a little bit more to this story. Um, I will say with the Twitch thing that he did, that was recently. And this thing happened, I believe over a month ago. So I think it was already yeah. on his radar that, you know, this had happened. Yeah, you know, that's pretty good. That's a good point. Cause this did happen well before, you know, the Twitch thing where he said, Hey, meet my dogs, you know? Uh, but he may, you know, even if it happened a long time ago, though, he may not have known that a lawsuit was going to emerge, but you never know how those things work out. I know with the DAC thing, um, you know, that was a pretty, pretty significant thing because again, a lady lost her finger because <laughs> his dog had escaped his property. You know, it's a little different, I think, than, you know, it happening on your actual property. Uh, Speaking but I'm of sure uh, they... <laughs> on your property, KT, just while we're on this mm-hmm. weird, on this weird note. Let's talk about Ha Ha Clinton Dix uh, being almost mauled by a family of friendly bears on his property a few days ago. Is that the change of direction that you want to see, though, right there? Like, <laughs> Hey, it is. It is. And I got to say, way better at riding a scooter than Terrence Williams was. Way better. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, a little blow. Different circumstance, uh, but the evidence the- suggests... When faced with uh, trying times on a scooter, I'm betting I'm putting my money on haha in that in that scenario. Was that the best play a Cowboys safety has made since the Jeff Heath play in Oakland? <laughs> I saw somebody on on Twitter say like, 
Yeah, we were used to uh, Haha being afraid of bears when he played for us in Green Bay. I love I love that uh, <laughs> I love that uh, disc too. Is it a little weird to anyone that that bears are just roaming around Central Florida? That was my first yeah. thought. I actually that was literally the first thing that I thought about was how do you just find yourself in a situation whether it's the human's fault or the bear's fault where you just run into a bear. I don't like that that was the that was I, I mean I'm glad that he got away and was unharmed, but I was also my first thought was how do you even find yourself in that situation? Well, judging by the way he lets the scooter continue going forward and then he steps back um let's just say it didn't it doesn't come across in the video like he was ever expecting that to happen so maybe it was just a rare occurrence that uh you know he didn't even think was possible uh the one thing i will say from watching that video i'm not i'm not a bear expert but uh most people say that like the most dangerous situation you can be in is like basically a mother with her cub <laughs> like because that that's i mean they're gonna be super uh-huh. protective and that's certainly the situation right here like that's the worst thing that you could you could you could come across can and you so, imagine uh, if he had like gotten attacked or something and like and there's a video yeah and the video comes out and it's like cowboy safety haha gets mauled by a bear on his own property and fort like what is going on it'd be a big story for what? like a week or two weeks and then it would go away because the rest of 2020. Like, I just remember the other day, someone randomly in passing, like, brought up the Earl Thomas story. And I was like, oh, crap, I forgot oh my about gosh, that. that was forever. Is that Earl Thomas story going to go down as, like, it won't even make the top 100 stories of 2020 because of this uh, world on fire we're living in right now? <laughs> like, I yeah. was like, that I mean, did there, happen there this was, year. How did I forget about yeah. that? There was literally a continent on fire earlier this year, and we forget about that as well. Remember, Australia was, like, literally on fire, and that was part of 2020 as well. Gosh. You know, uh, brace yourselves for this one, guys. But another segue I had to that HaHa Clinton Dick story. Wait for it. Got it? All right. Yeah. Is uh, the fact that he's in Florida, though, and that kind of takes us to COVID a little bit. I was like, man, these guys are so spread out. And I guess I hadn't thought about that as much as maybe i should uh like obviously you know not everyone's just living in a bubble at frisco or whatever but when i was like oh he's in central florida not that florida's like much different than texas at this point in terms of like outbreak especially like here in the city um at least i'm broadcasting from dallas uh but like i was like and he's in central florida like okay so we're gonna bring all these people in from central florida and they're all gonna come in i was thinking about you know, obviously, we, the Mavs restart schedule came out, and Luca and KP coming back to America from other countries. Uh, hockey players, the percentage of hockey players in the league are guys that live outside of the United States. They're all flocking back into the country. And I was sitting there going, yeah, I, I mean, you're going to have some COVID test, man. It's going to be a part of it, and we know that. But I was sitting there going, man, I just didn't realize Haha Clinton Dix is spending a lot of his time in Central Florida and – uh, you know, we're going to bring him in and you're going to bring in all these guys from around the nation. I, I thought it was interesting that when the NBA tested 302 players, they had 16 positive tests, uh, which equaled to about 5%, I believe. And I think the general reaction was, okay, we can control that. That's where I just think the NFL is just so different in getting the ball moving is just the the – sheer number of players on your roster is going to make this a little more difficult, you know? But, 
hey, yeah. we still have a, a month until, you know, camp. So go ahead, John. Yeah. the uh, Being in I was out of state and stuff like that makes sense to me to a certain extent because, I mean, you're going to want to be wherever your family is right now because if whether you're an NFL player or you're a professional athlete in another sport, like I would be trying to get in as much family time as possible right now. But knowing that once I get back into practicing and I'm around my teammates that, I might want to distance a little bit because I'm all of a sudden getting put back into this group of other people that have been in different places. Yeah. Like at least for a couple of weeks, I would try and, and be a little careful about who I'm surrounding myself with, because it just seems like when, if there's all these, okay, so the Cowboys have already had several players, including Ezekiel Elliott test positive, and they haven't even been all working out together. What's going to happen when they all work out together? You know, I mean, there's only so much you can split up. Like, I mean, even if you just did offense, practice on on one day or or on one area and then defense on the other to try and spread out the two sides of the ball. I mean, you're still talking like, you know, you're still talking 40, 50 guys together. You know, I just, man, that's just a lot of people being together that who knows what they're bringing into the mix and you're going to be in close contact. There's only so much you can do. So, uh, you know, for baseball, it makes it a little bit more sense because there's a little bit more separation you can have whether, you know, when it comes to practicing and things like that, whereas football, I mean, how do you play football not being close to another individual? Yeah, that's that's difficult. And I, I think this is where the NFL the whole time, though, has been in the catbird seat in terms of just kind of hanging out. We can watch how other sports adapt. I'm interested to see how much the NFL tries to separate themselves from college football because college football is obviously, again, bigger rosters, more people will have more positive tests. And, you know, I think you're starting to hear more whispers as we've gotten a, getting a little bit closer about college maybe delaying their season. Nothing like a – not a formal report, just, you know, just scuttlebutt. Uh, because, I mean, honestly, until we get better control of this thing, it's going to be hard to, to get these major team sports done. Uh, and that's why this conversation has changed. I, I remember two months ago or three months ago feeling terrible about sports starting and then – a month later going, you know what, we've gotten a little bit better control of it. And then here we are again going, oh, crap, you know. So, uh, but I like like college is going to be in like a situation where you're going to see huge testing numbers of positive tests just because they got more people. And then you throw that together. Are they going to try to go through with it? I, I, I don't know if they are. So if college decides to delay, does that affect the NFL's decision? Right. And you have a situation like you have at Clemson, which is just like, you know, I, I think that is a, it's a flagship program in college football that has just, you know, gone through a really bad scare week by week. I mean, you just see more and more. And like you said, the roster sizes are bigger, but also um, the players are playing, you know, they're not getting paid. So that's another yeah. and, and you also have to align all that with. Do you ask the players to come back and live on campus? Well, certain campuses won't allow their students to do that. And there's a lot more in play than just a bunch of grown men making, you know, adult decisions. Yeah, and I think uh, what I want to do is go at the end of this podcast, let's hit the the clowny rumor. But let's go ahead and transition to John's article. John had a good article on The Athletic, uh, just kind of ranking a most likely to least likely scenarios. And it was 10 Cowboys related scenarios. Um, you know, and some of the big news that we're going to get into in a minute as well is, you know, the preseason, the Hall of Fa- the Hall of Fame game has been canceled. Uh, it was scheduled to be Cowboys Steelers, scheduled for August sixth. You know, uh, Haha Clinton Dix did you know mention in his story uh, when he was interviewed after the the Bear thing, like he had mentioned. 
that he thinks July 28th is what he said. Is that is that the the day or was that sooner uh, that they're scheduled to report to camp? Do we know? Sorry, I'm putting people on the spot here. No, I believe that's the date, July 28th. It's been that way for for a while. Um, but, you know, obviously that could change if everybody shows up. And when everyone shows up, everyone's obviously going to be tested. And then so if you have a bunch of guys testing positive, then you got to have to kind of go from there. So, um, yeah, but I believe July 28th is still the date, the target hopeful date. Yeah, and then the preseason game one, August 6th, canceled. Obviously the enshrinement ceremony uh, later that weekend – canceled and they're going to combine the 2020 class with the 2021 class next year. But John's article is great. It's 10 things. Just what will happen most likely to least likely. So let's start at the top. Most likely thing. uh, The NFL has some type of season. And uh, I I agree. There's some type of season. But if I had to ask you guys, and this kind of combines number two, number two, John, on your list was the NFL has a full 16 game season. Gun to your head right now, guys. How many games, regular season NFL games, would you say that the uh, the Cowboys in the NFL get in? I think it's 12. I think 12 is a good over-under. Um, that's about where I would put it. I wouldn't be surprised if there's only like one or two preseason games. And maybe those are postponed till a little bit later. But eventually, I think, yeah, I think you get 10 to 12. If you know, I was making Vegas betting odds, I'd probably put the over-under at 12. Yeah, I think I would say around 10 uh because I think I think what you end up doing is you definitely have those six, right? You have your division games and then after that, I think it's a it, it's I don't know, I think maybe you had four more games. Uh yeah, I guess 10 to 12 is the range, but if I had to put like you said if it was a gun to my head, I would say 10 because um, I think six is the is the floor, and then after that, I think you know you try to do it in as less games as possible, and I think you can do that with just four more on top of that. Can I throw out a crazy idea that I just thought of? God, trust me, I did not thought about this at all. What if they did this? God, this is, no. Okay, okay. This sounds no, crazy. No, you're in just now. You with, have to get. You just have to go tell with us. Me. Yeah, I was trying to talk myself out of doing it. Doesn't. If this thing doesn't doesn't get better in the next month and you get to camp and you're going well what are we doing here this is this the the percentages are still high it's just not really going away you know it's and not that it was ever going to go away but like we're having trouble getting corralling this thing what if the nfl on the fly thoughts here if the nfl scrapped the schedule and said okay week one will be all nfc games we'll make the schedule there and then a bye week in week two for the NFC. Week two will be AFC games. Week three, NFC's back on. Week four, AFC's back on. And keep giving these teams two weeks in between games to get a better handle on testing or whatever. Now, players would have to take, obviously, they would have to take less money. But you would still have each week your highlighted NFL games that you would still watch. There would just be fewer of them, obviously. What about that type of on-the-fly solution should things get bad and they need to bite the bullet a couple months from now? All of those things factor into why I thought the most likely scenario is that there's some type of season because that is just a wide variety of options you have there. It doesn't That doesn't mean it's 16 games. It doesn't mean it's 12. It might only be eight. That seems like it would be crazy. But I, I said that because you also got to look at baseball a little bit and the way that they designed their schedule where it was basically, you know, your division games and then other teams that are close to you in proximity. So like the central 
in the AL, playing the Central in the NL. So with that in mind, and and I don't think that this is what they want to do, but I don't think you can completely rule out the possibility of scrapping what the original schedule was and having it be division games, but then also games yeah, that like say. are closer to where you're at. So maybe, you know, you know, Texans, Chiefs, things like that, uh, you know, Saints, closer games for the Cowboys to travel to. With that being said, it makes it tougher on the Cowboys because their division games are not close. You know, I mean, they're, they're yeah. not, they're clearly not an East team, but, um, that's one thing that I think could make some sense is that you would change the schedule and be like, well, what the schedule was this year, we'll do that. That'll be the schedule for, for next year. But this year we have to, we have to change in the fly here. We have to play teams that are in close proximity. That could be a possibility. Yeah, and KT, to your point, to your scenario that you threw out there, the the interesting thing about that on the fly thinking about it is, you know, when when you talk about a positive COVID test or how long it takes for the symptoms to either die out or show up or whatever, it's usually people have been saying a two-week quarantine period. So, you know, if you have those two weeks in between games, um, maybe that results in more players, you know, testing negative by the time kickoff time comes around because there is a larger gap so even if you did contract it and if you were asymptomatic and you weren't dealing with you know all the weaknesses and the symptoms of the disease you still have a larger time span to to recover from it and test negative by the time your next game kicks off yeah and look again it was a a really just shoot from the hip idea that i threw out there but it also keeps the product on each week, which I think will be a huge thing is keeping the TV. Like I thought it was interesting that the owners have already just kind of agreed and the league's kind of already agreed. Look, lower level, let's start talking about sponsors and what sponsor graphics we can get on the lower bowl. Like for them to already kind of be talking about that tells me a lot of owners around the league have made concessions that, hey, we're not going to have fans this year. It's what it is. We're not having fans. Well, wait, hold on. So, hold on. May, let me sound like an idiot for a second here. But mm-hmm. wouldn't that also be because even if there are fans in the stands, that they would have to be a certain distance away from the field? Like they would. Like if there are fans in the stands, they're not going to allow them in the first row because it's one yeah. of the one of the most common ways to to pass this on to another person is by talking in in an NFL stadium like that. If you're yelling. And your droplets are, you know, they could be getting close to a player, let's say, probably not on the sidelines. You're probably not close enough there, but maybe when they're, excuse me, when they're walking to the locker room and things like that. So I thought maybe that was also factored in that even if there are fans in the stands, they're probably not going to be in those first, whatever, six to 10 rows. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think it depends. I don't, you know, I don't, I doubt the NFL is going to put some kind of blanket policy out there for attendance because it does vary by location so much. So for example, you have a a state like Texas where Governor Abbott has said, you know, if it's an outdoor venue, you can be at 50% capacity for live sports where, you know, if you're a, a state like maybe Arizona or something like that, and they say no, no live sports are allowed or Florida or something like that, then you're going to have maybe teams without a place to play. And some teams might have to take temporary residence in Texas and figure out some way schedule wise where we can have kind of like shared venues across the league too, of places that are, you know, more spread out. Uh, They can host fans, but um, do it in the safest way where the the local government even allows it to happen in the first place. So, that would. What's the safest NFL city right now? Oh shoot! Certainly not uh, Arlington. 
Um, probably New York City, maybe? No. It's Green Bay. Oh, yeah. There you go. I haven't looked at the numbers, but I was just thinking of, like, trending downward in the cases. Yeah, any any places. Just dense population. Least, yeah, at least dense population. Right. Yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Green Bay, maybe... I don't know, Kansas City, something they're, like that. They're just playing the entire they're playing the entire season up at Lambeau. Well, let me ask you this too. Is the is the Superdome is that the only stadium that can't open their roof? That's a good question. Cause everyone at some I was talking about baseball, like the Rangers gonna have to play their games with the roof. I don't open. think they can so in every Minnesota. Every team is gonna have to play their games I with the roof. I don't think they open. can in Minnesota. Yeah, in Minnesota you can't. No, I they they can't on the new one really. No, you can't in Minnesota. You can't in Detroit. I thought they've I thought they played some outdoor games in Minnesota though. No, they did whenever they were in the temporary stadium. Um, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, University of yeah, Minnesota meant, yeah. or whatever. But um, yeah, yeah, I think maybe Minnesota and Detroit, John, or yeah. all you know, all the ones up northeast are all outdoors, like New England and MetLife Stadium and Baltimore, Washington, Philadelphia. It will be too hard to find a college venue to you know play a game outdoors. Uh, but I was thinking about that, too, because that's going to be a part of it. These games are going to be played most likely uh, with the roof open uh, if they're going to be putting fans in you there. You know the NFL is, is thinking of scenarios right now. Like they're, they're making contingency plans right now because, like you said, four weeks from now is – is training camp, and then you've got preseason games supposedly scheduled within a week or two of training camp starting here at the beginning of August. So I like your your plan, KT, of maybe do eight-game season and you alternate weeks where, you know, um, it's eight games, but there is still football every week, every Sunday. You know, it's like your team might not play this week, but there's going to be somebody playing. So it's just less, less chance every single week of players coming into contact, like cross contaminating each other via teams, like physical contact, like on the field. Right. And maybe you play one division game each and then you have four non-division games and they're set up however the NFL feels they should set that up. Maybe based on this year's schedule, maybe like John said, do something random. Maybe it's location based. Like we would play the Texans, the Cardinals, the Saints, you know, those kinds of teams that are kind of regional and then um, have some kind of tiebreaker scenario set up with those non-division games where, you know, if two teams in the NFC East end up two and two at the end or, you know, I guess you wouldn't play yourself. So, you know, maybe three division games. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, every, every league has to get creative. You know, it's a necessity. They do that this year, but there's also a why not appeal to all this too. Like at some point, if you're, if you're forced to do it or, or you just think it could help. Why not? Right. Right. If you think it's going to be different, that's, that's okay. We've accepted it. This year is going to be different. I, I, yeah, right. If I was the NFL and I said, well, if playing eight games and doing these every other week, it's every team plays every other week or whatever, you alternate weeks. If that means we, we have a season compared to let's go for 16 and we're at week 10 and we got to scrap this whole thing because half of the Detroit lions got COVID over their bye week then and they scrap the whole thing. Why does it's it have all to be for, the Lions? Oh, I'm just, you know, 
because I hate the Lions. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I just the most random team I thought of. It's like not a weird team to hate. <laughs> they don't push anyone's buttons. They're always hating. Yeah, it's a random jerk. team. I thought of the most random team, and that's what came to mind. What a jerk. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, why are we trying to scrap the whole season when there's a possibility? If we're smart about this at the outset, we could do this the right way. And, and to your point earlier, John, of there might not be a right way to do this because there's no way to play football without physical contact. Like, you know, if you're on the PGA tour or NASCAR, like it is possible to compete without making physical contact with any other player. Right. And still have the results and be able to do it even in tennis and, you know, baseball, even to an extent you could do that, you know? Um, but football is like the least likely, maybe basketball, the least likely sport that could power through a pandemic if even one player is is impacted on the on the team and well, it's is, definitely is it's definitely basketball. Basketball is definitely the the toughest because of the major sports because well one you have to play inside and then two like the players are just I mean they're wearing tank tops and shorts and they're right on top of each other like there's just there's kind of no way to avoid that. Right. Um, yeah, maybe. So, um, but football is right there. Maybe the le- the the yeah. least amount of players on a team in, in basketball might help a little bit where, you know, in the Cowboys case, you have 75 players that could possibly infect the locker room where in the NBA you have 11 or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. So. But doesn't that also increase the NBA's chances of like your team not being able to play for a while because, yep. you know, you get three or four guys test positive and you're already like, okay, so who are we playing here where you have three or four in the NFL and you're like, yeah, we'll be fine. We'll just right. have to right. play some My, backups, my point you know? is you're, then you run a fan contest. I would feel a lot better. <laughs> right about trying to keep 10 guys under control than 75 guys under control. Like if Jerry comes in there after the game, he's like, guys, be smart this weekend. Don't go out. Don't mess around. We got to keep this thing under control. Like I would just like, uh, just the NFL, okay, like okay, I feel a okay, lot worse on. about those guys going and screwing something up. How many up. of those guys are going out? Well, we're going to use that your scenario right there. How many of those guys go out then? After oh, Jerry says uh, that, we're going to go 53 players. Oh, How many shoot. guys go out? Oh, they just I, won a big game. Oh, How many I, of them oh, go out? And all bar, the star hey, players. Hey, hold on. Hold on. Let me give you the full scenario. They just won a big game, and bars are back open in Texas. Okay. So they just beat the Eagles uh, going into the bye week, and bars are open. I would say even with COVID still surging, not you know around, but not like peaking, I would say the vast majority of the star players go out. Yeah, we don't need to say names, but I would also say that might be the message that week on bye week. As irresponsible as it sounds, might be guys, go get it out of your system right now. Um, you know, look, and it's another, it's another thing, too, where I, I don't want to shame anyone who gets it unless they're people who have been openly and have been very like, defiant about the guidelines. Like, any one of us can get it by following the rules just because other people haven't done a good job of taking care of their responsibilities to each other, you know? So I think it's like a really easy thing to go, oh, it was Zeke would be the one. But I also want to be like, well, how do we know Zeke wasn't locked up and playing Call of Duty all, you know, all summer, you know, and not going out at all? I guess his his priors um, may make you go, oh, yeah, of course. But, like, I've been, like, careful, like – if I got it, I've been so open, openly, like, not, I've been trying not to be, like, preachy, but I've been, like, trying to, like, I don't understand why people aren't wearing masks. Like, I've, that's been my message on Twitter, and I'm like, it'd be pretty embarrassing if I ended up getting it, though, because everyone would be like, aren't you the guy who's been telling everyone to stay home? And, and I'd be like, yeah, crap. I guess I, 
I guess I shouldn't have been so outspoken about it, but I don't know. John's I list, do like though. How, I do like how you've used your impression of me, oh, crap, three different times in this podcast so far. Yeah, crap. Hey, how'd you know? <laughs> how'd you know that I was trying to get to seven? Oh, man. So um, John's list, though, is uh, the most likely to least likely a power ranking running through the 10 Dallas Cowboys-related scenarios for the season. It's the content that we need here at The Athletic. Number three, Dak gets a long-term deal finalized with, uh, with the Cowboys before July 15th, uh, the deadline, franchise tag deadline. Uh, this is coming, you know, a couple weeks or really a week after Dak signed the tender at $31 million, And then I did think it was interesting that Dak posted an Instagram, you know, with him wearing a cowboy hat the day that he signed the tender. Like, is that a win for you, signing the tender? Or is it – I don't understand, but – I. You know, it's just an Instagram post, so maybe I shouldn't make too much of it. Go ahead, John. Yeah, no, I I think this is one of the most beaten down topics. I feel like if you asked Cowboys fans what's been like the topic they're most sick of, it would be Dak Prescott's contract. Um, so, I don't know, I added it at three. That might be a little bit high just because of the fact that some people probably think it's still not going to get done. I just think the deadline coming up uh, and the Cowboys not wanting any distractions going forward and also what it opens up salary cap wise, if they do get him under a long-term deal, I think that's what possibly gets it done. But even then, I mean, that's number three on my most likely, and I'm not even really that positive that that happens. Yeah. And I also think that, you know, that that's the, I don't know how much pressure that either side really feels to get it done with all the uncertainty of this season. I don't know if that like plays in how, how much I, I'm sure that plays into the negotiations at some point, even though like there's no, I don't think there's any doubt on the Cowboys side. They want him long-term and Dak, no doubt on Dak's side that he wants to be here long-term, but it's like, what's the sense of urgency? And if there is, you know, a limited season or whatever the case may be, I mean, you know, you would think that that number gets prorated and, and all that kind of stuff. So maybe it's not even, you know, maybe it's not that significant to get that long-term deal done. Um, but, you know, there, I, I think there's a lot of factors in play, but I, I still think that it's, I, I still think by July 13th through 14th and, uh, and through those two days, I think you'll see a lot more chatter, but I still don't know how likely it is that the deal actually gets done. Uh, number four on the list, the Cowboys win the NFC East. Uh, I was talking to someone the other day who was a Giants fan, and I, I popped on a podcast for for these guys, and they said, uh, they're like, do you think it's Cowboys and Eagles again? And I said, you know what? I think it's one more year of Cowboys and Eagles being the clear front runner in the division. And then I think by then, I think the Redskins and and – and and Giants, we'll see what the Redskins quarterback situation looks like. But the Redskins and Giants, I think, will have been able to make enough of a stride through the draft and development to kind of close the gap. But I do feel like it's Cowboys and Eagles by a fairly wide margin. Would you guys agree? Yeah, I don't know how necessarily wide it is. Um, I do think that it, the, they're still the class of, of the division. And I agree with you that a year from now, I could see the Giants, depending on it. Really, a lot of it depends on Daniel Jones. I mean, it really is the quarterback position, you know, uh, for both the Washington and, and the Giants, you know. So I would be surprised if a team other than the Eagles or the Cowboys won the division. Um, but I don't think it – I think it is closed over the last year. Like, I don't think it's nearly as wide. I know there's a lot of Cowboys fans that 
love that Jason Garrett's over with the Giants now because they don't think he can coach at all. But I think he's actually kind of a good fit with Daniel Jones and and uh, Saquon Barkley and what they'll probably try and do with uh, with their offense. So, uh, um, yeah, I don't I don't think that either of them are going to compete yet, but I, I think the gap is closing. Yeah, I think the games are tougher when you play against, especially the Giants, I think. Um, but I still think it's a Cowboys-Eagles division. And to go more specifically on John's point about the Cowboys winning the NFC East, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm not completely one of those people that just goes by, like, uh, like uh, trends and superstition and stuff. But, I mean, you know, uh, we haven't had a uh, consecutive NFC East division winner in in a long, long time. And so with the East, with the Eagles winning the East last year, I just feel like it's the Cowboys turn uh, in this year. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this one, but number five on John's list, there is no NFL season. And that's kind of right in the middle on your one, one through 10 list of most likely to least likely. Uh, we just talked about it so much, but I think that just kind of shows, you know, how many question marks are around this thing right now. You know, it's just uh but, you know, really hope that doesn't happen because it's going to be a big source of people's happiness in the fall after uh, what's been a rough start to 2020. Number six, uh, this is something we were going to talk about a little bit later, so let's just do it now. The Cowboys add a proven pass rusher either via free agency or trade, which takes us to the rumor of the week as uh, the Pro Football Network leaked out that Jadavion Clowney uh, has the Cowboys and Saints high on his list of teams that he'd like to go to. Uh, Clowney makes a lot of sense to me. Getting a physical done on him is going to be something that would require travel. So there's one thing. But despite not having like a a big sack year last year, I mean, if you watched any of his time with the Seattle, and he was compromised uh, pretty much all year last year, but any time you watch the Seahawks play, you would pretty much see him make a difference when he was in there. And he did affect the game in a lot of ways. And he does have some other stats, forced fumbles, uh, he had two touchdowns and things like that to kind of show that he's not all about getting sacks. But I think he's a perfect fit if we're talking about what we think Mike Nolan is going to try to do to this defense in terms of moving some guys around maybe and maybe occasionally mixing things up a little bit more and not being so much of a we-do-what-we-do defense and being more of a, hey, we're going to find ways to beat you defense. I mean, Clowney is a perfect pawn because you can play him inside, you can play him outside. And uh, to me, I would love to have him on a one-year prove-it deal and then let him go sign big somewhere else. I know he probably wants DeMarcus Lawrence money, but, you know, quite frankly, I'm not sure that's that's really in his cards, especially given his health issues. But I just think Clowney is such a great fit for this defense and putting him across from DeMarcus Lawrence and then let's go. One of the best defensive lines in football, unquestionably. Yeah, I'm fine with, I'm fine with adding him here. I don't really... I'm not that concerned about what he did in, in previous years. I, I still think there's plenty of juice there. And to, to put him on the other side of Demarcus Lawrence, then you'd have Alden Smith, you know, kind of filling in, helping out wherever he can behind them. Uh, and then you have Don Terry Poe and Gerald McCoy. Man, that just seems really nice up front. And the only way I see it happening would be on a one-year deal. And it, and it probably helps the Cowboys' chances if you get the DAC deal done because it'll free up some more salary cap space uh, with the way that they can move numbers around. Um, and then that makes it, it possible because here's the thing. Like, even if Clowney comes on a one-year deal, he's not going to come for, you know, $5 million a year or something like that. It's still going to be a decent payday for him, even on a one-year. So 
I think it's doable and it makes a lot of sense. You know, another guy I mentioned was Everson Griffin, you know, isn't going to be quite as expensive. He's a guy that's still out there in free agency. Um, you know, I just went into this offseason thinking that we'd be at this point in the year and they would have done more to address the loss of Robert Quinn than they have up to this point. It's basically been signing Alden Smith, who hasn't played since 2015, and then drafting Bradley and I at the back end of the fifth round. And so, um, and then we still don't know what what's going on with Randy Gregory, if he has a chance to, to play the season or not. And so there's still like, I would say that's like the biggest question mark spot is that other pass rusher. So whoever that would be, even if it's not one of these guys, maybe it's somebody during the season that they make a trade for, uh, like the way that they did for Amari Cooper for somebody, you know, maybe, maybe it's Yannick Naganque from the Jaguars, but I just completely, if they, if the Cowboys, if there's a season, it, it looks like they're going to be able to play throughout COVID and they have a team that is playing the way they think that it, it they, they can play a, a Super Bowl type contender. Why wouldn't you go out and make a trade to try and put the team over the top? Yeah, I think I think it's also it gives the new coaching staff just more to more flexibility to work with because they also like I I, I think Jim Tom Sula is obviously a a good defensive line coach. That I mean that's what he's built his reputation on. But I I don't know how much he has to kind of. Uh, kind of play with and and you know to make a cross-sport reference it's like you know when for a few years there when the Dallas Mavericks were you know uh, just very bare on the talent in the in the cupboard type thing and I think it's you know if no matter how good your coach is no matter how good your system is if if you don't have anything there and I'm not saying the Cowboys don't have anything but like you said Alden Smith hasn't played in five years Uh, Anaya is a rookie and uh, Tyrone Crawford is getting old and well, not getting old. He is he is old now. And so um, I think, you know, you have to give the coaching staff at least something to work with. And uh, and, and that's the only way you can actually hold them accountable and uh, and give them a fair assessment because and, and I think so. Clowney, I think Everson Griffin is also a good uh, would be a good fit. I would probably like Everson Griffin more when you consider the money aspect of it. But you know, if Clowney wants to come to the Cowboys, which you know, like you like you outlined in the piece that he that he that is atop the wish list, then I don't I don't know why you wouldn't try to make that happen if you are the Cowboys. Yeah, and there's definitely plenty of ways to maneuver money to make it work too for for either of those guys. If if you wanted to create a little more space as well, um, number seven, the Cowboys trade for Jamal Adams. I know we've talked about this a lot. I just have kind of batted my eyes at this for the most part. I know it's fun to talk about, but I, I just don't see the Jets moving him until it's time. And that time would be, I guess, with him holding out. And I don't really know how much that benefits him unless the Jets are finally just give up on him. So uh, I don't see the, the Jamal Adams thing happening this year, at least. What about you guys? Yeah, I really don't either. Um I don't see any way that the Jets are pleased with the way the situation has gone. So why would you make him happy and trade him to the team that he wants to go to most? And so while I think he gets traded, um, I just think there are several teams that will be possibilities for him to be traded to that over the Cowboys. And I think he goes to one of those teams. Yeah. And I think, you know, if the fact that it doesn't happen is more like, like John said about the Jets than it is about Jamal, because he's made it very clear 
John shared that video on Twitter about, you know, uh, Jamal saying outside, out there, right across from, uh, Louisville Mall. Um, he was there in his car and, and someone asked him or someone said to come to the Cowboys and he said he's trying. Well, then yesterday, just more fuel to the fire. I mean, um, you know, he, he's, he posted a picture on Instagram saying, I love it here. Um, at Louisville Lake, which, you know, obviously this is home for him regardless of what NFL team he plays on. But then Ezekiel Elliott commented with a, uh, with <laughs> a, you know, with a big eyes emoji and said, me too. And then, and then Jamal replied with, where are you at, bro? And so, you know, it's just, Jam- I, I think Jamal has been leading the charge in, in this whole thing of trying to make it happen to Dallas. But not only do I, not only do I agree with what John said about, you know, the Jets aren't happy with how this is uh, transpiring, so why would they try to make Jamal happy? But also, on the Cowboys' front, no matter how much... I mean, I know Jamal wants to come here. He's not saying that he wants to come here for a six... Like, you know, uh, for for a big hometown discount or anything. There's, he's still going to ask for big money, if not the max that he can get. So the Cowboys still have a business decision to make on that as well, regardless of how the football optics are kind of working out in the court of public opinion right now. See, how wild would that be, though? Like, hey, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go play for the Cowboys if for way cheaper. Uh, you know, like, it's just not a part of the equation yet. Maybe it will be, though, in the end. Uh, and uh, you know what? The, the rumors, and gosh, with the... With the Jets, you know, uh, coverage, uh, just how many crazy headlines that you've seen from the Jets over the years. Like the story of him just not liking Adam Gase at all. It's the most, it's the least surprising thing I've ever seen. Just knowing Adam Gase's history of just kind of rubbing people the wrong way, you know, almost on a Bill O'Brien type level. Uh, number eight, Jerry Jones puts Jimmy in the ring of honor. Uh, <laughs> I don't. So on this topic, uh, this is interesting. KT, um, you know, the, I don't know if we skimmed over it, but the Hall of Fame game not happening this year between the Cowboys and Steelers. I know everybody's missing that, but I think they called Jerry and uh, it's another way, for, you know, to ask him what he thought and if they they thought that it should be postponed, canceled, what what have you. And, you know, I'm sure Jerry wouldn't say this, but maybe in the back of his mind, John, uh after I read your article uh, a couple days ago on The Athletic about Jerry and Jimmy, got to think maybe this is Jerry's final uh, jab at Jimmy before he gets the jacket, like delaying it another year, you know, or being a part of that. I know that's like, it's pretty petty, but it's still like, was in the back of my mind when they they called this thing off. And I thought, well, I guess Jimmy won't be getting his jacket this year after all, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he would go quite that far. Because then you'd be like, well, why would you even want to be a part of that game to begin with? It obviously matched up nice. Cowboys, Steelers, Jimmy's getting in, Bill Cowher's getting in. Um, but there is no question. There's still a little bit of, uh, let's just say, I don't think that they're best friends. You know, I, I think they get along much better now than they did maybe 15, 20 years ago. Um, but I put this on, there, on the list about the... Ring, yeah, animosity is going. I guess um, I put him on the Ring of Honor thing in this top ten just because of the, the Hall of Fame game getting canceled, and even with that, I just don't see Jerry doing that. Um, you know, I don't know when Jimmy's going to go in, but I would have thought it would have been done by now. And so the fact that it still isn't, and that Jerry's been asked several different times, you know, what about putting in Jimmy this year too? And there's been nothing 
really concrete about that even being a plan in place. I just don't see that happening this year. That's why it's on this list, but it's it's at the bottom of un- unlikely things because I just don't see that happening. Yeah, and I, I don't see them putting Jimmy in without a full stadium either. You know, I think they would want to promote that and be able to have Jimmy get his, you know, cheers from the Cowboys Nation, if you will, you know. But it did cross my mind as well that if, oh, they're not doing the enshrinement ceremony this year, then maybe Jerry could sneak Jimmy in the Ring of Honor this year and he'll always be able to say that he was in the Ring of Honor before he was in the Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> uh, he still has a chance to do that. So that that was a, kind of a, something that entered my mind too. Uh, Saad, any, any thoughts on this? Yeah, I I mean, I think it's, you know, I I don't I don't even know that I would I think I would peg this uh, one spot below where John has it. I think the Cowboys are more likely and I know we'll get to this in a second, but they're more likely to get to uh, a place where they haven't been in 25 years than for Jimmy to get to a place where he hasn't been able to get in the last 25 years, 20 years either. Um just because, you know, a lot of what has to do with, you know, I enjoyed, I would encourage everyone to go read John's piece on Jimmy Jerry, like you referenced. Um, I thought that was really, really well done as well. And so I think, but, but I just, you know, it's hard for me to see it happening. I hate to say this, but I think this is just where these two, these two guys are in their, in their life. And, and I, I just mean like in age and everything else. I, I feel like this is going to be one of those situations where um, where one of them just won't be around while while Jimmy gets in. And so and, and I don't know which one or what, but it, 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 the way that it's been put off for so long, I just have a hard time seeing that happen under Jerry's watch or while while, while Jimmy's still around. And what's real frustrating to me is that I think. Even even though I can't relate to that relationship and the ups and downs that it had, I think that Jerry would feel so much better if he would just do it and get ahead of it and do it before Jimmy's yeah. even in the Hall of Fame. I think he would feel better, and he may not know that now, you know, but I think he would feel better. Not only would it make him look like he's up finally doing it and people will stop asking the questions, but I think – you know, as you, as you get older and you, you you start to think about your life, you know, one thing I will say is Jerry's a little different, though. One thing that uh, back when I worked at the fan, he would randomly call in every once in a while. And one of the reasons that he would call in, there's, there's really two reasons. And he said that on the air. One is if you're saying things that are just blatantly false, okay, that makes him mad. If you're saying things about him or his organization that's blatantly false. Or two, when you talk about his mortality. He does not like that. He does not like the idea of, well, he's getting older. He didn't know what he's doing. Or he's getting older and he's looking back at his life, you know. But I do think that's human nature. And I know he hates that That I, if I, if he was here, he would hate that I'm talking about it. And he's a – I think a lot of people at that age, 77, 78, do look back on their life. And he has gotten more sentimental about things over time. But I just feel like if he would do this and get ahead of it, he would feel very happy. I think he would be very glad that he did it when it was all said and done. But I just yeah. he's a hard headed guy from Arkansas, you know, and I don't know if that's I don't know if it's gonna happen. The other thing that factors in is that there hasn't been any other significant cowboy success since that era, and so that hurts it too because stole my words. Jerry would love to get another championship 
you know, to show that, hey, I did it without Jimmy because Jimmy gets so much credit for those other, the three that Jerry has won. So I think that that factors into, I've always, I, you know, you feel that with Kobe and Shaq a lot, that they were really, you know, because they butted head so much as teammates, although together they won championships, once it was over, it was very clear that both of them, I mean, once it's over, I meant them playing together, it was very clear that they were going to be chasing championships to top the other one. And and I, if, if the Cowboys had won another championship since that era, then I think it'd be a lot easier for Jerry to do it. But because they haven't, every year that goes by is just another year where people are like, yeah, well, Jimmy Johnson's the reason they won the Super Bowls, not Jerry Jones. Yeah, and and John, you stole literally everything I was going to say. I was going to make the Kobe Shaq comparison as well, um, because Shaq obviously won one in Miami, and then Kobe won a couple with Powell. And so, you know, I, I do think that if that if uh, the Cowboys had won something in the last twenty five years, then uh, then we then Jimmy would already be in the Ring of Honor. So, um, I, I I certainly do agree with that as well. So. Uh, I, you know, maybe this championship window they have right now, and if the Cowboys are able to do something and have some run of success here in the next couple of years, uh, which I, I assume we're getting to here in just a second, but, um, you know, if they're able to do that, I think that's the only way that Jimmy gets in, uh, while they're both around. So, you know, we'll see what happens in that front. Yeah. There's, um, you know, back when, when I worked for the Cowboys and we'd interviewed Jerry and he was asked about this a lot, you know. Over the past seven, eight years, he was asked a lot about why Jimmy wasn't in the Ring of Honor. And, and he always used to say, it's called the Ring of Honor for a reason. <laughs> and, you know, there's something about that word honor and his memory of Jimmy just don't don't align, right? And yeah. so that leads me to the question, like, if it was just called the Cowboys Hall of Fame, would he already be in? <laughs> Is it this honor thing that's, that's, that's hanging everything up? Like, because clearly, clearly he deserves to be in there. Uh, you know, it, it is, it's personal grudge. And, you know, that leads to the question of, can you not put in DeMarcus Ware or Jason Witten or any of those guys until you put Jimmy in? Because it's an even, then an even a bigger deal if, if all these guys who didn't win Super Bowls are in before the guy who led you to two. And so, you know, I think it's like you said, KT, it's a sooner rather than later, he needs to get this done and get it over with because it's inevitable. You mentioned Witten and Ware. Witten and Ware are going to go in the Hall of Fame. I think where it gets weird and where I'm looking way ahead here is with Romo. Yeah. Guy you love for so long, Romo, but Romo will not make the Hall of Fame. And he's made comments. It's led to Gil Brandt finally getting in. Yeah, they talked about needing to be a Hall of Fame worthy, you know, career, a Hall of Fame worthy resume. Uh, and then finally, all of a sudden, Gil Brandt gets put in and Gil Brandt gets put in the Ring of Honor just after he goes into the Hall of Fame. Like, okay. Yeah. Romo will be the deal. Will be the one that really tells you a lot about how personal this was all for Jerry. Because if someone like Romo got in before Jimmy Johnson, that would be insane. But mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if it happened. And uh, we could start making our bets off air uh, on that uh, after the podcast. I want to close it too with John's nine and ten. Cowboys reached the NFC Championship game, and then ten they reached the Super Bowl. I want to say that I when I, when I read this article, John. I immediately thought about how good the pandemic is for and, and good is not a good word to use, I guess, but how good the pandemic is for maybe the Rangers chances at competing in a 60 game season or maybe the Mavericks chances at going on a little bit of a playoff run just because it's such an odd thing. 
Who knows what this season's going to be like because of the pandemic, but I do think it hurts the the better teams, and I think it opens the door for a little more variance. And, you know, uh, just a, a team that you might not see coming to kind of sneak through the cracks a little bit. So I thought, you know, you having those at the bottom of the list, I thought that made a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I mean – I think I, what I was doing is I came up with a list of about five things. And, and you know, when three of them are tackled, basically COVID-19, I'm like, I got to come up with more things that are expand this list, make it a little bit longer. And so you got to have the Super Bowl in there. And I'm like, well, they haven't been in the NFC Championship game. So might as well put that one in there, too. But even with those, it just it seem, still seems, you know, a little bit like of, of a long shot. I mean, it's the NFL, great league of parity. You can get hot at the right time. But. The thing that probably keeps me from thinking that either one of those will happen is the fact that every day that goes by this offseason, the Cowboys aren't getting the typical advantage you would get normally when you get a first year, your new head coach, and that's you'd get more time to work together. And because they're not getting any of that time and they're going to actually get the same amount as everybody else and it's much less, I just think expecting them to get to a place that they haven't been in 25 years with a brand new coaching staff that isn't getting the normal time that it would get to work with its new team. It just seems like a lot to ask. Yeah. And I mean, you know, if you couldn't do it under normal circumstances, I have a hard time seeing how it works out here, especially when a lot of, a lot, a lot of what, a lot of the differences that have come about, um, have been so wide and they've been throughout the entire team. You know what I mean? Like it's not one area, even the offense, which for the most part is returning a lot of consistency um, in personnel, there's still the one big new part in CD Lamb, but then there should be a lot of new stuff in the system as well. I understand Kellen Moore is still there. I think that's more for lingo purposes and things like that, but I still think the system changes quite a bit, even offensively. So, you know, it's hard to see them having that kind of success uh, in the first season. Uh, but, you know, I it's also weird because you can't measure anything the Cowboys have done in the last really 12 years, 13 years, because it's been under the, the Garrett regime and everything. So, uh, you know, it's it's hard to say. It's, you know, if you're looking at the last few years, well, that was a whole different, I, I would argue that's a whole different team, a whole different feel for, for the franchise. So I'm not completely ruling it out, but, you know, I think it's, I wouldn't be, let me say it this way. My jaw would not be on the ground if they got to the NFC title game, but it would definitely be on the ground if they got to the Super Bowl. All right. Is uh, there anything else that we need to hit? Um, yeah, KT. Um, just, uh, you know, so we don't have to wait a week on this. Uh, breaking news, Cam Newton signed with the Patriots on a one-year deal. Who... Could have seen that coming. Doesn't that make the most sense in the world? I mean, that was always one of the least surprising thing. That's um, I tell you what, I I'm actually I know we're all tired of seeing the Patriots win and stuff, but I actually like that because I just don't think it was fair for NFL fans to have to see Jared Stidham be a quarterback in games. Uh, <laughs> no offense, Baylor fans. No offense, but he left you too to go to Auburn. Um, he ain't it. And uh, Brian Hoyer, I guess they they signed him as well. I know a little earlier in the offseason. So, yeah, Cam Newton to the uh, that ma- that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, man. Does that put them out? Yeah, so, put them out of the uh, Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. <laughs> Are they going to compete this year? There's it was literally impossible. Like, there's no way that <laughs> that they could have had a chance at Trevor Lawrence unless 
Bill Belichick retired. Bill Belichick walks in and he's six yeah, wins. He's six wins with whatever team true. you want to give him. And so you're never going to be bad enough to get the number one overall pick. They also the NFL. yeah, and I think with uh, with Cam Newton, it's like uh, only Belichick can part ways with the greatest quarterback of all time and then upgrade at the quarterback position. It's the <laughs> most Belichick thing ever. More Patriots news on uh, here on about them Patriots. Um, the NFL has handed down their penalties too to the Patriots for their TV crew or that that guy <laughs> filming Bengals and Browns game getting signs in that December game. Um, $1.1 million fine and the loss of their 2021 third round pick and their, uh, Patriots TV crews are not allowed to shoot games during the 2020 season. Wait, what's the, they lost the third round pick in what? Uh, next year's draft. That's it. That's well, the punishment. And a million dollar fine and their oh. TV crews are not allowed to shoot games next year. Oh man! So that's basically, th- these last few minutes have been like the most unsurprising Patriots news ever. Yeah, here's things that we thought might happen earlier, and they waited till uh, the end of June. You know? Yeah. Gosh, that's uh, I forgot about that Patriots Bengals video uh, Spygate 2.0 thing. That was, gosh, what a crazy, crazy year last year was. I believe that they had like. I think they have a bunch of third round picks next year too. I think they oh, already yeah, they'll had turn those a bunch into coming back anyways. Uh, they'll get a c- couple comp picks, I'm sure. Yeah, I haven't seen their future picks though, so I, I don't know. But interesting. Um, all right, well, guys, I appreciate uh, hanging out for the last hour. Good time talking Cowboys, and we'll, we'll do it again next week. Obviously, if anything big happens during the week. We are here for you on The Athletic. We'll have an emergency podcast, and we'll throw it up if anything crazy happens. Make sure you go to theathletic.com. Check out what John and Saad are going to be working on. Uh, they're always uh, cranking out content, even when sports is uh, in a bit of a lull. Uh, and also make sure that you go to www.theathletic.com slash Cowboys to get that 40% discount uh, when you're subscribing for the first time. For our producer, Kent Garrison. For Saad Youssef, for Father John Mashoda, I'm Kevin K.T. Turner, and it's been another edition of About Them Cowboys. <laughs>